verses 13 to 16. This is entitled Salt and Light. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Amen. Uh, there's a real image and a real picture of God in, our, in a mother. Isn't Jesus, when he was going into Jerusalem, he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I long to gather you like chicks under my wings, sign like a, a, an idea of a mother hen gathering the children. And that's what God wants to do with us. He wants to gather us to himself. And um, we live in interesting times, don't we? I was thinking, I guess if I could title this, uh, uh, entitle this, it's I don't know. <laughs> if I could put a title on my sermon, I don't know. Do you feel like you don't know sometimes? I made a few notes. I don't know. I don't know who holds the future. People say, I don't know who holds the future. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And those who know God would say God holds the future, and that's true. What if you don't know God? What about all those people that surround us that they don't know Jesus, they haven't the light? I mean, one one day I didn't know Jesus, and then one day I did. And um, you're probably the same. Would you agree? One day you didn't. One day we walked in darkness, and then for some amazing reason, we got it. And we thought, oh wow, God does exist. I don't know. I don't know what tomorrow will bring. I don't know what our business will be. I don't know who will be saved. I don't know who will fall away. I don't know. So many things I don't know. I don't know who will be sick. We don't know. I don't know who will be healed. I don't know who will lose the job, and I don't know who will gain the job. There's so many things, isn't there, in life that I don't know. I wonder what you would put, I don't know. What would you put at the end of, I don't know? I don't know. I don't know who will curse me. I don't know who will be my enemy. I don't know who will stand with me and I don't know who will fall me. Who will let me fall and I, I sometimes I don't know who will love me. I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. Should I fear? Should I cry? Should we be afraid? I don't know. (laughs) But one thing I do know, and this is one thing I do know, I do know who holds the future. I'm very fortunate that I do know who holds the future. I don't always know who holds the future. I don't wake up in every morning and think, oh great, I know who's got my future. Because fear kicks in. Do you ever get fearful of tomorrow sometimes? Just fear kicking, you just wonder... I find that. Today I'm here to tell you that there is one who holds the future. There is one. Is faith his name? I don't know. Is hope 
I hope so. <laughs> or is it love? It's love. Sometimes I'm not sure. Mainly, mainly because I usually uh, look at, at my situation, and my situation quite often causes me in the direction that I think. Would you agree? So, like my circumstances sometimes can overpower me and cloud my vision from the one who has the future, the one who loves me, the one who died for me. Sometimes I don't know if you have that same exp- expression experience. So, where does my security lie? Some might say, I don't know. Some would say, uh, in my pension. My pension fund, that's where my security lies. We're, we're, we're programmed in the nation, in our lives, to work and work and put money away to take care of us when we don't work anymore. It's true, isn't it? It's a crazy world. What about my bank balance? Do I put my security in my bank balance? My husband, my wife, my partner... My family or friends? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And then there's fear. Fear of all that I don't know. So we can be fearful of all that we don't know. And so in that thinking of I don't know, and, and you know it's Mother's Day, and, and quite often you think, okay, well, we're going to probably speak about a mother. Well, you've got to, haven't you? Mary, mother of Jesus. There's lots of mothers in the Bible, isn't there? Well, I'm going to speak about one particular mother. But before we just look at that, we're just we're going to talk about Moses. So, so let's just go to the place where Moses has rescued the Israelites out of Egypt, and they stood at the sea. And there's an army, Egyptian army, coming down about to slay them and about to destroy them. Are you there? You're there and there's a sea. How are you going to get over that sea? I bet they were saying, I don't know. <laughs> and then Moses, Moses, this amazing man of God. Brian was interested in me. Brian said, as I sat down, he said, what, are you reading? what, what we're doing today? I said, I think Exodus probably, something like that. And they said, Moses, he said, uh, 80 years old. When he was really called by God. Imagine that. And some of us, we think we're too old, don't we? If you think you're too old, you're not. Okay? If you think you're too old to be used by God, you're never too old. And so Moses there, and he, and, and he puts out the staff and the Red Sea parts, and all the Israelites cross this Red Sea, an amazing miracle of God. And that's how they got across. But if you'd have asked them at this side of the sea, how we're going to get across there, what do you think they'd say? I don't know. Isn't it true? Have you got a Red Sea that you need to cross? And you stood there and you're thinking, oh my goodness, how am I going to get across this? I feel like I'm stood right at the shores of a Red Sea at the moment in my life. I'm thinking, how are we going to get across it? I don't know. I don't know. But I want to take some some uh, confidence, some hope, some strength from this, this passage. And in Exodus chapter 3... Actually, it's Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2. We're looking at the birth of Moses. I think we're going to put it up on the screen. And um, we're just going to go through it. Slowly, slowly. I know we had the passage from Matthew 5. Um, and uh, we might look at that a little bit later. But it says this. About the birth of Moses. Now a man of the tribe of Levi, 
married a Levite woman. The Levites, obviously, they were the, the priests. They were the ones that, that, that could lead people into worship. They were the ones that God had chosen, those people. They were, they were like the ones that would re- lead the others right into the presence of God. So they already had an anointing on them. There was something special about these, these people. And um, the Levite woman was called Jochebed. You'll find the names of these in Numbers. And uh, it said she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. Which is normal life, really. I love the Bible because it's normal life. They got married. She got pregnant and she gave birth to a son. And the problem was, at this time, was she was in a situation where the Pharaoh had decided in his wisdom that because the Israelites were were becoming too numerous, he was going to put to death every boy, child that was born. In fact, he even gave orders to the midwives that, listen, when you go to the Israelite women and they're giving birth, if it's a boy, kill him straight away. Imagine that. That's an awful thing. Imagine if you're a pregnant mum and you're thinking, and, and they don't have the technology that they had these days, and you're wondering, oh no, what if it's a boy, what if it's a girl? Imagine Jochebed, this woman, she's there, this Levite woman, and, and she's pregnant and she's going to give birth Could you imagine what she must have felt? I hope it's not a boy. Would you? Being a mother, carrying this boy for so long, this baby, I hope it's not a boy. I wonder. I wonder if that was the case. I love the scriptures because I kind of like have come to the conclusion that what God does, he gives us headlines. And he wants us by the power of the spirit and our own life to fill in the gaps. Because let's face it, if we put every word for word, there's not enough books in the world that could put out what God's saying. And so he wants us to step in and we need to step into the story. So here we have got, I can imagine she's she's about to give birth and thinking, well, what if it's a boy? What am I going to do? What am I going to do if it's a boy? What am I going to do? I don't know. And then it says she gives birth to her son. And in verse 2 it says, when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. Imagine that. Most mums, when they've had a child, a baby, they want all the friends to come round, don't they? Tell everybody. Buy them presents, have a baby. What do they do these days? They have uh, baby showers and all that sort of stuff. None of that then. She had to hide him. Imagine that. You know, we think our situation could be difficult, but that were difficult. That was tough, would you say? That was tough. She, and then it says she hid him for three months. And then it said when she could hide him no longer, she got a basket. Now I don't think that after three months she thought, oh no, I can't hide him anymore. I know I'll get a basket. I think that she was in communion with God, praying and thinking, Lord, what am I going to do? Father God, what am I going to do? Because this woman was married to a priest. She would have known God. She would have been calling out to him. And this is our beauty of knowing God, is that even in the midst of our, I don't know, and we're stood at the Red Sea, we could call out to God. Amen? We can do that. I want to encourage you today that you might not know, but God does. You might not know what tomorrow will bring, but God does. You might not know how you're going to pay for something, but God knows. You might not know how you're going to get through this next illness, but God knows. You might not know when your time finally comes to leave this earth, but God knows. You might not know. But you know the one who knows. This lady didn't know what she was going to do with this baby boy. Three months. What am I going to do with him now? He's getting too big. 
I know, I'll ask the one that can help me. I'll ask God. I'll ask God. And that's what she did. And that's what I need to do. And that's what you need to do. We need to ask God. How do we get over our fear? How do we get over the stumbling blocks of life? Ask God. Start to believe and start to build and start to encourage. It said when she could hide him no longer, she got a basket. And she covered it in tar and pitch. Now this actually reminds you of what? What does this remind you of? The ark. It reminds you of the ark. God's got God's stamp all over it. Hasn't it? It's got God all over it. She'll get a basket and she'll put tar in it. Got God all over it. Noah, I want you to build an ark. I've had enough of this generation. I've had enough of the, the wickedness of this world. It's so bad. We need to do something. Build an ark and paint it with pitch. Inside and out. Got God all over it. Sometimes we don't know, but if we look closely, we can see the hand of, or the finger of God in our lives. Amen? We can. I don't know everything. But I'm so glad I know God. I'm so glad that God knows. So then she placed it. I mean, even to do this, right? Think about it. You've got a little baby boy. You've hidden him for three months. Now you're coming up with this idea of a basket. And you're gonna, you're gonna put him in the basket and you're gonna float him off on the water. It says, she placed a child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. I think she had a long time to think what she'd do to plan. And sometimes our answer isn't in, in instant. We all like instant answers, don't we? I think that in a prayer, in our prayer with God and our continuation, our perseverance, the plan actually quite often will be revealed. And I think that this lady, she was praying and praying and wondering, what am I going to do? And then God gave her the idea of a basket, so she put little Moses in a basket and she floated him down in the river. And it said uh, she put him among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. And then in verse 4 it says, his sister stood at a distance, excuse me, to see what would happen to him. Now it didn't happen by chance, it was planned. She must have decided, mum and daughter must have had a chat and must have talked about it, said, right, listen, Miriam, I'm going to just send Moses this basket, we're going to put it in the reeds. You keep an eye on what's going on. Do you think it was by chance that Pharaoh's daughter just happened to come to bathe at that moment? Do you think all this just happened? No, it was planned. It was on a purpose. Why was it a purpose? Because 80 years later on, Moses was going to stand at a, at a, a sea where the people couldn't get across. 80 years. God wasn't thinking about the basket. God was thinking about the crossing of the Red Sea 80 years later. God isn't thinking about our situation right now. God's thinking of what's going to happen in 10, 20, 30 years from now. If we have that time. I don't know. <laughs> We don't know, do we? We don't know. And so it said, the sister stood at a distance. Can you, can you step into the story? It's great, isn't it, the scriptures? Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe. And her attendants were walking along the riverbank. The mum knew. Jochebed knew that Pharaoh's daughter went to bathe. They knew that they would be walking on the, on, the, uh, on the Nile. They knew that they'd be walking on the banks. They knew. They knew. She saw the basket amongst the reeds and she said to a female slave, go and get it. Go and get it. 
Verse 6, she opened it and saw the baby was crying and she felt sorry for him. But look at this, this is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. So okay, let's look at that. So you've got the mother who loves the son so much that she's willing to risk sending him away to save him. And then you've got the Pharaoh's daughter who is, who if her dad finds out that she's going to take a Hebrew baby to take care of him, what's he going to think? He's told them, he's told them that everybody, all these Hebrew babies have got to be killed. And yet his own daughter wants to save one. Tells me she didn't just agree with what he said. I think that's great. And she became the adoptive mother. So mums, on Mother's Day, it's not all just about the mum who has the baby and, and, and the blood baby. It's all about the adopted mothers. What about all those mums? Those people that have adopted children. We should honour them. What about spiritual mums? When you get born again and you come into church and you're learning on the Christian faith, finding a spiritual mum, somebody to encourage, somebody that's walked the distance. You're never too young to be used by God. Never. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, listen, this is great. It's a great plan. His sister, his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women? Shall I go and get my mum to come and look after her son for you? Shall I go and get my mum to come and take care of him for you? Well, he gets, because he's, he's three, only three months old, he's obviously still on milk, he's not, he's, he won't be uh, on solid food yet, I would imagine. Shall I go and get my mum? No. He didn't tell them everything. He said, she said, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? And you could imagine she's got to wait for the answer. Because she hasn't said yeah yet. And there's the mum just waiting to look after her own son. It's an amazing story. It's great. How would you get through something like that? I don't know. But God knows. Isn't that an amazing story? Imagine this. Yes, she said. I bet she thought, oh, thank goodness for that. Yes, she said. Imagine she said, no, don't worry, we'll look after her. We'll take care of you and clear off. Imagine if she said that. Don't you think it's brilliant, this? It's got God all over it, hasn't it? It's wonderful. Pharaoh's daughter said, take this baby and nurse him for me. What, really? Well, I don't know who I'm going to get. Who on earth can I get to look after this little baby for you? Who shall I get? Oh, I bet she, I bet she were leaping up and down inside thinking, how on earth did this ever happen? Isn't that great? You know, when God really answers a prayer and really comes up to him, what's he make you do? He makes you full of joy, doesn't it? And you think, oh, wow, that's great, doesn't it? You know, our problem quite often, okay, my problem quite often is, I want God to do it every day. Do you? I want God to do it every day. I, I love answers to prayer. Well, if I pray for people, I, I want God to heal them straight away. Is that just me? I do, I want God to answer my prayers. I just think this is great. Take this baby and nurse him for me, she said, and I will pay you. Oh my goodness, don't get any better than that, does it? And I'll pay you. You could imagine, could you imagine like Moses' mum thinking, well, how on earth are we going to afford another baby? Because she's already got Aaron and Miriam. How are we going to afford another one? So not only that... (laughs) I think it's brilliant. We'll pay you. God provides everything. He even provides the stuff that you'd never expect. 
That's our God. I want to encourage you today. If you have a faith in Jesus Christ, if you give your life to God, this is your God. This is my God. Take this baby and nurse him for him and I'll pay you. So what did she do? The woman took the baby and nursed him. Wow. Could you imagine this mum? The woman was the mum. The woman was Moses' mum. And she came up. Uh, oh yeah, okay, I'll do that. Wow. Isn't that great? And then it said when the child grew older, she took him back to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. This Moses, God's plan was for Moses to go and get the greatest teaching and learning and education in that that was an offer on offer in the day, and that was the Egyptians. The Pharaohs, they would have they would have taught him everything, they taught him how to write. How else did Moses write the first five books of the Bible? They taught him how to write. They taught him how to uh, how to communicate. They taught him about the Egyptians. They taught him everything. This Moses, could you imagine the Israelites? Prior to this, if we read uh, if we read the chapter prior to this in Exodus chapter one, it talks about how the Israelites were crying out to God. They needed rescuing because they were slaves. How are we going to get rescued from slavery? I don't know, but God knows. God had a plan in Moses, a little baby boy. You know, God has the plans. God's plans for your life and my life are sometimes in the smallest things that we'd never expect. Sometimes we look for the big stuff, don't we? What about the little stuff? What about, who'd ever have thought that in that little baby, in that little basket, that the plans of God for the whole Israelite nation and the Jewish nation was in a basket? Isn't it brilliant? Only God. It's great. That's why the scripture is so wonderful. So amazing. I can imagine, I don't know how we're going to do this. How we're going to, I don't know. You know, if you're, if you're in a place of I don't know today, I want to encourage you. And quite often most mums and mothers and people who take care of children, and probably even teachers really, how, how are you going to teach in your class? How are you going to bring your children up and educate them and teach them? Sometimes you get to a place where I don't know, don't you? Well, God has the answers for all our I don't knows. We just have to have the faith and confidence. And I think he really wants to encourage us today in that. Can I encourage you to be encouraged? Can I encourage you to be encouraged? That you have Jesus. There's a Jesus. There's a God that loves us. And instead of saying, I don't know, just maybe, we can say, I'm going to ask God. I'm going to bring God into this. Bring God into your I don't knows of life. I don't know how I'm going to survive. I don't know what tomorrow will bring. Bring God into it. We we looked at Matthew chapter 5 and we read that um, those few uh, verses. And it's about salt and light. And if and if for mums really I think you are salt and light in a family. You are salt and light in a children's life. You can be salt and light. But it says in this, it says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salt again? How do you use, lose your salt? What if you lose it? If you get angry, you get frustrated, you've lost your saltiness. If you get too stressed and you can't cope, you've lost your saltiness in that person's life. You've lost it. You need to come back to God. In Matthew 6, a great chapter, Matthew 6, because if you go in Matthew 6, it talks about prayer and the Lord's Prayer. And my favourite verse in there is Matthew 6, 6, that it talks about going into your room. 
and closing the door behind you. A bit like this one here. You know, I don't know if this will do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's a little bit like doing this, where you go into a room. Just you on your own. No one in there. And then when you get in there, you just close the door. And you shut the world out. And then there's just you and God. Could you still hear me? That's cool, isn't it? God could still hear us. See, close the door. Father, I don't know. I don't know, Lord. What am I going to do? What am I, when, where's, where's the orders going to come from, Father God? Our business is not doing great. I don't know. Lord God, oh Lord, my sister's soiled. Father, how are we ever going to help her? Lord, I don't know, but do you know, Lord, I'm going to trust in you to guide me. I've got children. How am I going to, I can't cope with my children. I can't, do you just wind me up, Lord? How am I going to do that? You know what, God, you're an amazing God. I trust you. I worship you. I honour you. I love you. You are just so good. Father, I just want to thank you that even though I don't know, I can praise you. Even though I don't know that you've prepared a place for me. Father, I just want to thank you that even though I don't know, I can read your word. I can read the scriptures. I can get encouragement. Even though I don't know. Father, I can speak to someone and encourage somebody else. I can be salt in this Lord, in this world, Lord. I can be light, oh God. I can, Lord. And I'm going to do, Father. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You know, you just go into that little room. Hello, little fella. You just go into that little room. Just you. On your own. Who doesn't see your Father in heaven. But guess what? He sees you. Read it. Matthew 6, 6. It's a great verse. But you might go in not knowing. But you come out with a plan. I'm going to be salt and light. I don't know. But as long as today is called today. I'm going to be light for somebody. I don't know. As long as today is called today. I'm going to be salt. I'm going to be an encourager. I'm going to be a strengthener. Quite often, you know, like as a church, and I know we're look, you're looking for a minister and you're thinking of the future, and you don't know, do you? <laughs> you don't know, do you? You're seeking God's mind, you're just seeking, well, can I just encourage you in the, in the gap of being, I don't know, and then finding out, why don't you just continue to encourage each other? Why don't you start to praise this God? You've got a great worship team. Just get them to lift up this place in worship. Lift your hands, worship God, focus on Jesus. When you don't know, you can know. When you don't know, maybe you're not supposed to know. Maybe we're not supposed to know. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Isaiah, come here. Come here. Yeah. You know, God says that we're like, we're like little children. We're like little children. And he wants to hold us. And sometimes we just need to say, you know what? I don't have to know. I don't have to know. But what I do know is that I have a God. And this is what he does. And sometimes we need carrying, would you say? Sometimes we need carrying. We have a God that will carry us. Oh, yeah, little fella. Give us a look. There you go, go back. Sorry about that. I found a friend. How are we doing for time, Marco? It must be nearly time. I think we're doing flowers and things like that. How are we doing for time? Salt and light. Okay. I didn't get it. Maybe 
Three and a half minutes. Thought and light. Okay, you're the light of the world. Then be the light. Don't cover yourself with with the I don't knows of life. Don't let fear cover you. Don't let fear be like a veil that covers you and stops you being who God wants you to be. Are you listening, Peter? I am, yeah. I am to do that. We have to be the light in spite of how we're feeling. Don't let your feelings overpower you. Then it says, A town built on a house cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. You know, God has put a light inside each, each one of us. There's that song in the, this little light of mine. You know that one, don't you? It's talking about Jesus. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. The Bible said that there's a treasure within us. So there's a light in you and there's a light in me. Let's, let's let our light shine. Let's be encouragers. Let's encourage one another. Over coffee today, why don't you just encourage somebody? Let the light shine and just, just, you know, just put your arm around somebody and just say, it's great to see you. Even if you are feeling a little bit down, you know. Matthew 6, 6, I want to leave that one with you. Going into your room. You. On your own. Close the door behind you. I, I've kind of like meditated on that quite a lot. And sometimes it's just about closing the stuff out that's clouding your brain, that's clouding your thinking. Just shut the door on all that stuff and go and be with your father. And ask him to fill you with the peace. And ask him to fill you. Just learn to get to know this God. Amen. Amen.